You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. You see, when we die to self, see the succession of events, when we die to self, when we become that sacrifice, when we are crucified with Christ, it doesn't end there because then comes resurrection. And now that we're buried with Christ in baptism, we are risen with Him in newness of life. That means uh, we are no longer our own. uh, And that means we can do mighty exploits for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, not because we are doing it, but because He's doing it through us. The Bible calls us to die to ourselves daily. In today's message, Pastor Gary says that when we die to ourselves, we're sacrificing ourselves for the kingdom of God. When you do this, you'll find a greater purpose for your life. God is always working and constantly trying to use you to further His kingdom. Next time you think about doing something, ask yourself, is this beneficial to myself or the kingdom of God? When you trust God, the pressure is off. You become the hands and feet of the kingdom. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Nehemiah chapter 4 as he continues his message, Will We? We should never get to the point to where we feel like we've arrived in our understanding. That there's nothing more to learn. That there's nothing more to hear. I've heard it all. I've read it all. I've got my head wrapped around my theology. Preacher, don't bust my theological bubble. Please quit preaching that stuff. You're messing with my theology. Well, I've learned that God will mess with your theology when your theology's off. And I pray that if I'm off in any area that he'll bubble, he'll bust my bubble of theology and get me right. Because I don't want to be wrong on any of God's word. I want it right. I want it gun barrel straight, as they said back in the day. Amen. I want the Word of God in its purity and in its entirety. And I don't want to to be in the shadows on something that God wants me. And so many people today, they build for doctrines the commandments of men because they have not the spiritual understanding that comes from the Holy Ghost of God. But God, may He overtake His churches today with the power of the Holy Spirit to enlighten our understanding so that we can see some of us for the first time what it's really all about. But we're going to have to be willing to be sacrificial. Our will, our ways, our understanding. God, replace my thoughts with your thoughts. Replace my vision with your vision. Replace my talk with your talk. Don't let me say anything you wouldn't say. Lord, replace my ears with your ears. Don't let me hear anything that you wouldn't want me to hear. Amen. Lord, replace everything in my life with you. And when we sacrifice ourselves we can begin to see God do a work. Amen. The third question is, will they make an end in a day? And the way I've phrased that is, will we finish? Will we finish? Will we... It's easy to get started. You know, many people, the Bible said, they receive the Word with joy, but... By and by, because of the word, the same word they joined in because of joy is the same word that ended up offending them. 
God wanting some people who's willing to both receive the rod and the staff. You know the difference? The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they both come from me. It's the same rod. But when it's used as a rod, it's used for correction. When it's used as a staff, it's used to rescue you from danger. It's the same instrument used both for correction and for comfort. And mature is the Christian that can receive both correction and comfort from God's Word and not get offended. I'm talking about building the walls. I'm talking about refortifying. I'm talking about sacrificing. I'm talking about if we want to finish the race, we can't be easily turned to the side. You know what I thought about? I thought about Peter. I thought about Peter. Peter, if anybody had a right to be offended about what Jesus said directly to one person or individual, it was Peter. You remember when Jesus looked at Peter eyeball to eyeball and said, get thee behind me, Satan? Woo! Good night. But did Peter leave at that moment? Oh, don't get, wrong, don't get me wrong. It started upsetting the apple cart a little bit. At, at some point, Peter, in fact, it was the night of the crucifixion when he denied thrice that he even knew the Lord. But Peter ultimately came back around because something, you say, what was going on with that, Gary? Obviously, Peter was not Satan and Satan was not Peter. They can't be the same person. Peter was simply being influenced by the voice of Satan and echoing what he heard the devil saying and being a mouthpiece for the devil and not even realizing it. And so Peter had to develop a level of spiritual maturity to understand that when he was being corrected, he shouldn't take it personally. It's just the Lord's addressing a spirit that has too much control over him, and he needs to be willing to learn and discern and make the necessary adjustments. If you're with me, say amen. I'm just talking about, listen, if we're going to finish what God started in our lives, if we're going to finish what God started in this move of God, then we need to fortify our spirits to be able to receive both comfort and correction from the, the shepherd's rod and staff. Christ, listen, who was on the cross, I'm shifting now, I'm shifting. Christ who was on the cross became our substitutionary sacrifice. Does anybody have a problem with that? Okay. Now here is something you may or may not have heard. Just as Christ became on the cross our substitutionary sacrifice, He also became in His resurrection our substitutionary life. And here's the Bible for it. Galatians chapter 2. And verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Did you hear that middle part of that verse? 
the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You say, I don't have no faith. Good. Swap it with Jesus' faith. Amen. Ask the Lord for Jesus' faith. Because Jesus' faith is pure. Did he not just say, I live by the faith of the Son of God? You see, when we die to self, see the succession of events, when we die to self when we become that sacrifice when we are crucified with Christ it doesn't end there because then comes resurrection and now that we're buried with Christ in baptism we are risen with him in newness of life that means uh, we are no longer our own uh, and that means we can do mighty exploits for the king of kings and lord of lords not because we are doing it but because he's doing it through us Genesis 45 and verse 24 says, So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that ye fall not out by the way. You know how you're not going to fall out by the way? Just letting the resurrected Savior live through you. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus finishes what He starts. He that began will finish. He's the author and the finisher. He's the first and the last. He's the alpha. He's the omega. You get the picture? So if He started it in our life when we were buried with Him in baptism died to self, then He will finish it in our life when we are raised in newness of life through the power of Christ. God will finish what He started in your life, but only through His power, His substitutionary power that is not just to supplement your efforts, but completely replace your efforts. God is not interested in merging His powers with yours. He said, thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory. All the power belongs to Him, and we should become as nothing before Him so that He can become everything in our lives. Now, this way is going to get rough sometimes. And as I take the oversight thereof as the pastor of this church, there are going to be times that I'm going to hurt your feelings. I can assure you that's not my intention ever under any circumstance whatsoever, not even in the most vivid of imaginary worlds. There might have been a day in my life that I got a kick out of trying to offend people, but God has stripped me of that religious spirit, and thank God He has. I don't want anybody left behind. I don't want anybody. I'm not going to be one of these preachers as well. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, they'll say. I really don't want you leaving. I want you all the way in and enjoying your walk with God. Just because we have a disagreement doesn't mean we should part ways. See, that's the way the devil builds those walls up. He tries to get us to get mad at each other, vent, and get angry, and all of a sudden we're giving people a piece of our mind, but we have salvaged a good relationship over something 
that wasn't really that big a deal. My interest is that everybody here in this building, that God has made a part of this church, not only survive the journey together, but thrive together. But I need to give you a, a, a caution. If in the event God instructs me as your pastor to speak truth to an uncomfortable situation, I must. And you need to understand that. And you need to trust that I'm only doing what I feel led of the Lord to do. And it's not personal. But if we want to make it together, we can't sweep things up under the rug and pretend like they don't exist. That's the recipe for undefendable church. A church with no defenses. Is when we don't recognize the rubble that's around us and we don't call it out. See, the problem some people have in our churches today is they don't see a problem. But they're only looking with the natural eye. But in the spiritual side, if the man of God is sent by God, the Holy Spirit's going to show him things on a spiritual domain that the natural eye is just not going to see. And we've got to trust that the Holy Spirit is showing us things that we need to address if we are to move forward as a church. And, and, and if I get up in here and I call something rubbish that we have built a monument for, but I'm in the Bible, we can't be offended by that. We should be offended at our own condition rather than the mailman. I'm trying, I'm trying to give you some perspective. My philosophy of ministry as I see it from the Word of God and often my approach that can be somewhat, it can make it a little prickly sometimes. Gary Lutrick is a good friend of mine. And I would never do this, okay? <laughs> I would never do this. He got saved on fire for God. This was over 30 years ago. And his preacher was up preaching on hell. Brother Gary Lutrick didn't know him better. He was one of them hoopers and hollers and shouters. If God got on him, he'd just let her rip, you know. And ordinarily that was fine because the, the church was a shouting Baptist church, so they didn't have no problem with that. But he got up right in the middle of this preacher preaching on hell and got to hooping and hollering. And his pastor, I kid you not, said, sit down, coconut, I'm trying to preach. You know what Gary Luther did? He sat down and let the man preach. And he stayed faithful and remained loyal to the spiritual leadership. Because see, that man that called him a coconut was also the same man that pulled his family out of a dire situation and gave him a place to live in when they couldn't even afford rent. Before they was even saved or members of the church and just loved on them. And they started coming to church rent-free, and the church was just loving on them, and they were sinners, and God saved them. You know who Gary Lutrick is now? His, him and his family been singing all over the country and around the world and preaching the gospel. He's a full-time evangelist, led thousands to the Lord over the years. But he didn't get offended when his pastor 
Put them, now, I don't advocate for calling people coconuts. That's not my style. But I do try my best to be bold enough to say what needs to be said even when it makes me extremely uncomfortable and fearful that some might fall out by the way after I've said it. And it breaks my heart. And my prayer is simply this. I want everybody to hear me when I tell you I am your friend, not your enemy. I am your pastor, not your pesterer. Amen. And I love you. I'm in your corner. I will fight for you. If need be, I will die for you. If God helps me and if that were the requirement. And I don't think that any of us should be left behind when God wants all of us in on a great move of God. So will we finish? I pray we are. I pray we do. And then the last question is, will we revive from out of the rubble? I would like to answer it for all of us, but every individual is held responsible for where you play a part in your walk with God and in the process of this church. And we admit when there is rubbish, or will we continue to pretend that we have walls when they are but ashes in a heap? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, into the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than of Abel, than that of Abel. The Bible says, See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And I believe in this day and age in which we live, before the trumpet sounds, God, one more time, is going to sound His alarm loud and clear, and He's going to shake both heaven and earth with the glorious gospel of Christ, calling all men to repentance and holding accountable those who refuse to hear the voice from heaven. And this word said, yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And that's my prayer, is God shake it up till the only thing left standing is the pure, undefiled Word of God and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as a virgin, white snow, a virgin standing before her groom as the bride of Christ. Amen. Wherefore, we receiving a king kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. As we listen to that voice from heaven, from the Word, from the Spirit, and it's all in sync, it's never contradictory. May we understand that He seeks to bring us revival. That from the rubbish and ash heaps of churches all over America can arise a new uh, church that decides uh, that we're going to rebuild the walls that we've forsaken long ago. You know why Israel lost their walls? Because they began to worship false gods. They began to put other things before God. And before you know it, they were in the enemy's camp. And before you know it, their city was destroyed. 
If you go on and read, you'll discover that they built the walls before they even rebuilt the city. And they had a few in number. They moved into the walls, but there weren't even any houses built yet. It was still in rubbish. But they knew first things first was a defensive uh, objective. And if they didn't have a defense with which to protect the rebuilding of the houses, then they would labor in vain. And you know what the church needs to do? We need to realize that unless we hold firm the foundation of God's Word as our defense, uh, no matter what we build we build it in vain because it'll all be rubbish on judgment day if it's not standing upon the rock of Jesus Christ <laughs> Nehemiah 4 we read then he said here are oh our God verse 4 for we are despised we need to get back to praying amen and turn their reproach, reproach on their own head the world is laughing at the church because we seem powerless. We seem as if we have a form of godliness, but we deny the very power of God to be at work in our midst. And so we need to repent. We need to call on God. And then the Bible said they prayed and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. Cover not their iniquity. Let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. And so built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together under the half thereof for the people had a mind to work. We just got to make up our mind that we're going to work. And we're going to do the work. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. We're going to serve in prickly places, but so did Jesus with the crown of thorn on his head. But that was just half the wall. And Nehemiah 7, 1 becomes a fulfillment of the entire wall. Now it came to pass when the wall was built that I said, and I had set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed uh, that I gave my brother uh, Hananiah and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. Then uh, verse 3 said, And I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them. And appoint watchers of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, everyone in his watch and everyone to be over against his house. Jeremiah was sent essentially as a prophet of God to call the nation of Israel back to repentance, back to rebuilding the wall. He was their spiritual watchman that got a vision for what could be when nobody else, when everybody else lost hope. But he led, a, uh, he led people into how to build that wall and, and they built it up and then at the end. So God sent in the watchman up front and then, uh, and then he followed up and said, now you still need watchmen. Just cause you got a wall don't mean you don't need to keep a watch. And it, he still required men who would sound the alarm if they saw a threat up over the horizon. And God still calls preachers today that will call warning out whenever we see threats over the horizon. And I'm here to tell you today, as, uh, as the pastor of this church, uh, it is my full intention to fight off wolves and to love on the sheep. Amen. Uh, and I'm not going to turn you into a wolf if you're a sheep that's misguided or if you're a sheep that's misunderstood. Uh, amen. I'm going to try to love you. I'm going to try to help you. Uh, and we're going to have to try to help the Lord discern the difference between a quarrel between men and a spiritual division that Satan has used to try to create division in the church. 
You are not my enemy and I'm not your enemy. Let's fight the real enemy on our knees called the devil and love one another. Amen. And that's how we'll win every time. And, and we need to be willing to hear that watchman calling it out and say, hey, better watch out. Amen. You better, hey, listen, if we'll, if we'll, uh, if we'll answer these four questions in the co- correct manner, I believe we could see God reinforce, re-strengthen, revive, revitalize, and every last person in the church can get in on what God's trying to do. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCoddle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCoddle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.